Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. It's happening in three weeks. Let's Talk Dubs in the wagon one crazy weekend here in Las Vegas. Head to Vegas on September 24th for an action-packed weekend driving your Volkswagen. Two organized strip cruises Friday night, a car show Saturday morning from 8 to 1, and then a little break. In between, we've got social hours and gatherings for all of us V-Dub heads to hang out and talk cars, shop, and BS. And at 6 o'clock Saturday night kicks off the Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend Poker Run. That's right. The only event where you're going to win cash money, $1,500 for the best poker hand. We've got $300 for second place and $200 for third. Book your room now at the Orleans Hotel and Casino by using code AVW1C09. AVW1C09 will get you a fantastic room rate discount at the Orleans Hotel Casino, who's hosting this event for us. They provided some great spaces for us to hang out and congregate and a lot of opportunities for us to just chill and gather as a people at the Orleans Hotel Casino. Go there, book your room, get your discount, and get it locked in for the weekend. Vegas is going to be busy, so make sure you book your rooms early. Also go to letstalkdubs.com and click on the show and pre-register for the show, which is $30. And if you want to be in the poker run, it's 50 bucks per car. Let's not forget our sponsors of this event. Sunkiss Graphics for all of our graphics and paper needs. Dan Volks out of Boulder City, Eric DeYoung, Building Engines. We've got Ross Wolf, also out of Las Vegas, Nevada, building superior parts for your VW aftermarket obsession. Better quality, better products. Ross Wolf. Finley Volkswagen. If you're looking for a new water-cooled Volkswagen, head on down to Finley Volkswagen, the Valley Auto Mall, to get the best deal and tell them Let's Talk Dubs sent you. Las Vegas VW Club is going to be helping out with the event as well. So those are the people that are bringing it to you this year for the Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend. I tell you, the show circuit's on, the show season's jamming, and I'm super excited about it. There's lots going on. I'm not going to make it to Treffin this weekend, but you'll be seeing some flyers out there as well as Friday afternoon because there's going to be uh, some people out there, my street team, helping me out, get some uh, flyers out to you guys. Make sure you guys head out here for one unbelievable weekend coming up September 24th and 25th here in Las Vegas. But now with show season being upon us, it reminds me of back in the day when I used to go to some of the first shows I went to. And one of the first shows I went to, I saw Bad Raz. When I saw Bad Raz, I was stopped in my tracks. Saw this car was so cool. His setup display, raspberry paint, polished fuchs, the Recaro seats. It just had every button pushed for the 90s. I mean, it was such a super dope ride. And I often wondered what happened to that car. Was you heard in the last podcast, I ran into a guy whose brother is good friends with Stanley Escalano, owner of Bad Raz. Well, guess who we got on the podcast this week? That's right. Stanley Escalano, owner of Bad Raz. So we get to hear the history, how it all came together, where his ideas came from, how the car morphed into the different things it morphed into, his time in the VW show circuit, as well as when he dipped out for a minute and started hitting a lot of the hot rod shows and the reception he got there, up until he finally hung up his spurs and parked her in the garage. We'll find out if he still owns it, if it's still coming back on the road, and what's to be had with Bad Rat. So I'm pretty stoked to bring that to you guys this week. A few of those things that I've really been interested in tracking down and finding out what happened to him. So I'm stoked uh, about this podcast, and I know you guys should be excited to hear the story as well. Remember, we love when you share the podcast. So if you can, go down to the details, hit the little icon that says share, share this podcast with all your friends in a group text, the car club you belong to, whatever association you have, people that love Volkswagens, I'm sure they'll enjoy hearing some of the history that we track down here on Let's Talk Dubs. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and 
go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Want a shout out on the podcast? Give us a five-star review. We read those reviews on the podcast. Give you a shout out. All your homies will think you're famous and uh, we'll think you're cool. That's worth something. You want to support the podcast? Go to letstalkdubs.com. Click on the merch and pick up some merch to support your favorite VW podcast. This podcast is brought to you by VW Trends Magazine. The magazine for the people, by the people. Go to vwtrendsmagazine.com. Subscribe now so you don't miss an issue. Looking at my Gucci, it's about that time. Time to kick it and talk about Bad Raz with Stanley Escalano on this week's Let's Talk Dubs. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. So on today's show, uh, I got a special guest. Uh, you heard on my story last week in the podcast when I was talking uh, with George. We talked about uh, being at uh, at the Red Barn Swap Meet, and as I'm there, I was talking to a couple people walking by, and one of the kids came by. We we're having a conversation. And he said to me, he "said Do you remember? You remember that car, Bad Raz?" And I said. Well, yeah, man, I remember Bad Raz. Bad Raz was a legendary car, man. You know, everybody's been talking about what's happening to it and where is it at, and there's all these rumors. Well, today, worry no more because on the podcast, I got Stanley Escalano with uh, Bad Raz, the owner of Bad Raz, on the phone. Stanley, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Bill. Hey, so the way we always start the podcast, because we're going to get into Bad Raz, which was probably, in my opinion, one of the more legendary cars back in the day because it was so... It was like you had the whole package, you know what I mean? Like you had the tow rig, you had the display set up, like it was it was just a super, super nice car. Um, and we're going to get into the story of Bad Raz, but the way we always start the podcast is, how did you get into Volkswagens and what's your VW story? It started back in, I would say, I think it was 84, one of my good friends and his brother, they actually started the first cow bug in Salinas, California. And um, he had a Volkswagen that he was working on and his brother, and then in fact his dad worked at the Volkswagen dealership here in Salinas, California. Mm-hmm. And um, he started taking me to car shows. And back then I wasn't really into cars. And he went to, actually he went to win car show and it was, uh, down south somewhere, and he brought a picture back, and he was showing me pictures of all these different types of Volkswagens, and I just happened to thumb through his collection of pictures and saw this like uh, Pepto pink um, VW Bug. It was a oval window, and it had center lines on it. So I was asking him, "Hey, what year is that bug right there? Because the window's small in the back." Yeah. He says, that's, a, that's an oval window. And I go, what year is that? And he goes, around somewhere in the 50s. He didn't know exactly what year it was. Mm-hmm. So that's when I basically got hooked. And that's when I kind of made my decision, okay, my friend had a 66, you know, and it looked pretty decent, but this was different. I wanted to get something that was around here uh, in, in, in just this general area, I guess, Northern California, I guess. 
somewhere different, you know, something different. So that was my goal is to find some type of oval window. So that's how I got started. And, you know, going to a few shows here and there. And um, he, along with the shows, he was, he actually got in time, kind of like drag racing. He wanted to race his car. So yeah. while he was racing his car, I was looking over, you know, the cars that were in the car show. And then they had this section were for sale. <laughs> and I was looking for some bucks. And a lot of them were like, I guess you would say out of my price range because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was still young yet, I, uh, early 20s, and um, didn't have that much money. And kept on looking, and then, see, this is, wasn't until about maybe another a year going into, I guess, the, the latter summer of 85 when a couple of my friends were kind of helping me look for bugs so I, I looked inside all different type of newspaper clippings you know back then you know there's no nothing was online so you had to really look for newspaper clippings or for sale ads yeah and uh i found a couple but they weren't in really good condition and um a friend of mine says hey you know let's go uh visit my friend up and uh, his cousin in hayward california called the buggy house and um it was i guess one of those Volkswagen shops back in the days i don't know if they're still open but he uh, had a cousin that lived around there so he went to go visit him and then later on Sam, we can go check out the buggy house and maybe see if there's anybody around that would have one or know if anybody would have one because the one we looked at uh prior to that like i said it wasn't really in good condition so i was like okay i don't want i don't want to get that one so after visiting his cousin's house, we went to the buggy house and we met this one guy that was actually an employee there. And he's also um, mentioned in my article uh, when I was featured in Hot Videos, I mentioned his name is Mark Preisendor. Yeah. And he says, yeah, I happen to have a 55 and um, it's at my house. Um, I can give you the address and you can take a look at it. <laughs> so we got the address. We drove down there looked at it and it, it looked pretty decent and I was checking out hardly any rust anywhere on there especially the floor pattern you know you look for the battery area yeah. for any rust you look how well kept the aprons the front and rear aprons of the car and then as well as the body and it looked pretty decent uh, it wasn't running it had the original 36 horsepower it had all the interior and the seats and it looked pretty decent so we headed back over to his uh, shop, uh, the buggy house, and then we started asking him questions about it. And I go, came to the, you know, the, the, the raw answer, how much you want for it. So he goes, uh, 800. And I go, 800, okay. So I, I had cash on me, but I didn't have that much. So um, I asked him, okay, I don't want to, the interior, the seats, um, or the, the you know the the panels or anything. How much you sell it for? So he dropped a hundred bucks on that. <laughs> so I said, okay, that sounds reasonable. Okay, so then I had to think about it and made my decision right then and there. And I go, okay, well then, uh, what do we do? So he he goes, uh, well, I'll get the paperwork, the register, and everything, and then I'll come back. Uh, 
I think I think I came back in the next day or two. Yeah. Uh, with with a car and a tow hitch, um, and then get the paperwork all situated, and I bought the money, and that's how I came with that '55 UW. <laughs> and so, you know, at this time in the show scene, I mean, do you think you're? Are you setting out to build like some crazy showstopper? Or are you just thinking like I want to build a cool street car? That's a great question, Bill. Okay, so my first intention was just, you know, build it daily driver. Mm-hmm. But I wanted everything clean, okay, because, you know, I wanted, you know, all the paint job, you know, taken off, go down to bare metal. Um, the floor pan, I wanted it clean. So I, it was in the backyard, jacked up on jacks. I started taking you know, part by part off, piece by piece. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I went from taking the body off from the pan, and then that was jacked up in the air, slid the floor pan out, and um, my father bought me a, um, a sandblaster. So I did that all myself in the backyard. You know, I had to cover myself. I had shield, you know, just wear clothing to cover covered my whole body as much as possible and then have a air compressor and then small little hand um, sandblaster doing section at a time starting eight o'clock in the morning until it got dark you know until you know you can stop making much noise in, in the evening and I did that from top to bottom but that was basically I just wanted it clean right and then started putting putting things together and then as I got Going forward, getting the car put back together, you know, replacing the brake lines and everything, you know, the, the body pan and all that. Uh, a friend of mine from San Diego, which was, he was into VWs also, and he was into the scene and what people, the judges were looking for. So when he stopped by, because um, his family lives here, and, uh, and uh, born and raised here in Salinas, and he lived in San Diego. So he came by visiting his family, and then I told him, hey, can you stop by my house and take a look at my car? And so when he looked at it, he says, you know, all that stuff that you did underneath, you got, you're not going to get recognized for daily driver. And I was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, they don't look under that. You just pull in your car with your wheels on, and that's it. They look at your paint, you know, your interior, your engine, and then basically that. I go, are you serious? So I was a little disappointed because I wanted it kind of get recognized for how clean it was underneath. Sure. And so that's why I diverted, <laughs> and I said, oh, screw it. I'm going to go full show. Now, what made you and pick, that's where I remember what, what made you pick the, the raspberry paint? Oh, the raspberry? Okay, yeah. so that's another good story. Okay, the same two friends that helped me find that VW. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to uh, Eddie Plaza's house. His, um, and then we started selling. He goes, Stan, let's go to uh, Eddie's house. And he has a bunch of magazines that we can look at. So we're looking through hot VWs, looking VW trends. Mm-hmm. And I happened to come up to, uh, I don't know the, the, the year and, and uh, the year of the car or the month. I mean, uh, of the magazine, but it was a VW trend, I believe. And, uh, this, um, Hawaiian dude had a convertible gear 
And you know how you have your on the front windshield on the top part where the people like used to be stick a, a whole like a, uh, a a phrase or something. Yeah, yeah, like and a, it said, yeah, it said Razmataz. Oh, and, yeah, and I remember it, it. Yeah, you remember that? I do. And um, and it was it's like a pink color. And I thought of that color. Okay, let me think of that one. Okay, then I come to another color. It was like a teal color and then lime green. And you know those colors were popular back then. Oh, yeah. And, or just, and, and just hitting the scene. Um, it was really popular in SoCal. But Nor- Northern Cal, some of those colors weren't hit yet. And I was, okay, so I'm, I'm deciding and I'm thumbing through. And then I, I go back to the teal color. I go back to the lime green and I really liked the way that Gale looked with the pink color and Rasmataz. But, you know, at that point right there, that's when I made a decision. I want to do it that color. Yeah. And, um, but on the article, it didn't say what type of color it was, mm-hmm. getting down to the color chip and um, so I can go and get the paint, exact color of the paint, so I can, get, you know, get a gallon or whatever they need to or tell the person that was doing the uh, bodywork and paint. Yeah. So went to a f- quite a few LA shows. I went to um, a couple of Northern shows and asking the people that were in that realm of the color, you know, Hey, uh, I- I'd like the color of your car. And there's a few that were lighter than the one I wanted. And, but I out of curiosity, I'll go, you know, you guys have a paint code, chip number or you know what color oh it's a custom mix or oh, no I don't want to tell you the, the color chip number right so I kind of I kind of got an idea of like okay these guys don't want me to copy their color or find out the, the details on that so I can paint my car so that fell that dropped that didn't fall through because nobody wouldn't divulge the answer mm-hmm. so I finally got set up and I go, okay, you know what? I'm going to talk to some people that I know at some paint shops. And I went to a couple. And then when I finally went to the second one, which is here in Salinas, is called Outer Villa and went there. And I was talking to this guy. I go, can you help me look for a particular color? And he goes, do you know the, the, the um, car company, you know, manufacturer? I go, no. I go, can you narrow it down? I go, no, I'm, I, can I mean, you know that's why I'm here to help you, sure, can you help sure. me out so he was going to all the different company car companies trying to find a color and he was flipping through flipping through until he came up to Porsche and he was thumbing through here and he was looking at it and um he goes that is this it I go hey that's it and it's uh Porsche raspberry and it's actually uh, the 72 year of Porsche and the, and it had the exact chip number, and I was like, "Oh, that's it." So I was like, "Oh, so wipe my forehead." Finally, found what I wanted. <laughs> right, right. So that's how it came to be. That's how I came with the color and my decision. So during that time, when you're because obviously you had planned to do, so your goal the whole time was like cow look, build like, but kind of eighties. What what's the newest style back in the eighties with full of polished fuchs? And I mean, one of the things that, that was really popular back then was tinted windows. You know, you had, you got full, looks like you got full, like limo tint all the way around. 
And uh, yeah, ac- yeah, actually, the the quarter windows and uh, passenger windows, those are actually tinted glass. Yeah. Um, the old old window, of course, you know, it's it's a regular glass, and I had that tinted. Um, I I kind of had a concept of what look I wanted, and I I saw some of the cars that were going with louvers. Um, I saw this one car that had uh, a French antenna, but it was on the rear of the fender, and I didn't like that location. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of got some ideas from all these task cars that I never had the pleasure of showing against, and I was a you know generation behind them. And that's when I came up with some idea, but I wanted to go with a cow look because um, that was the newest thing um, around um, at the VWs at the time instead of going, you know, uh, stock where you have the chrome molding windows and the chrome and all that uh, on the body. So that's how I made the decision. But some significant things were, you know, shaved door handles, you know, uh, mesh shaved door handles, a lot of shaved stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have the French antenna. It's on the left uh, driver's side. And then I have louvers just on the front. I, I didn't do louvers on the back fender. But... Um, that was my concept, cow look, with some little different things. And I think till this day, even took looking at YouTube videos, um, I have never seen anybody do a French antenna. Yeah, the French antennas weren't, uh, I mean, they were pretty popular. A lot of the gears and stuff ran them because they had a little more fender clearance and whatnot. But uh, yeah, there was. And uh, then with that French antenna, my, my dad ordered me a, um, an antenna that it's motorized. So he, he ran the wiring switch so I can raise and lower the antenna. Now, in the article, your dad plays a pretty big part in a lot of the electrical and the wiring and stuff like that, right? Yeah, he's a he's an electrician mm-hmm. um, by, uh, by uh, his career. And um, he told me, you know, he asked me, yeah, I, can, I can help you out with that. And as far as going into the automotive part, he didn't know much, but he knew what relays and all that circuitry because he was an electrician. He knows how all that, that stuff works. Right. So just by just by researching um, the magazines and uh, the VW books um, that you get, um, I just handed it down to him, and he did uh, did all that wiring for me. And I, I I thank him so much for doing that. Now that I know, and I do have like an electronic background. I, I do all the electrical work now myself till this day. Um, now I don't have to rely on my father to do all that. Sure, sure. So it's, what's pretty amazing is you you know you still have the car today, and I want to I want to get into the kind of eventually get into how it ended up, what the status is of it now, what's your plan. But when you build this car, what's the year that you do? What's the first show that you show this car at? Oh yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, when I got it done, it was towards. Uh, it was in '89, so it was almost a four-year project, and I still had, you know, little things here and there that I wanted to touch mm-hmm. and get done, and and get ready for '90. Um, I don't know if you remember um, Baylands Raceway in Fremont, California. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I took it to the very last show before that uh, the city was going to tear down that track for uh, reasons I didn't know at the time, and. Uh, the guy that built the engine at the time goes, hey, why don't you show it at Baylands? You know, because I'm going to be racing there, and it's, it's going to be the last show, 
and they were never going to have that show anymore. Mm-hmm. I go, well, I'm not done with the car. I mean, um, it runs, but I, I got a little more things I want to do to get ready. He goes, well, this will be a good point uh, of where you can find out where you stand. Sure. I go, well, that's a good question. I can see where I stand. So I, so um, back then I didn't have a trailer. Um, I had to um, have a, um, a friend of mine um, borrow his trailer and, and his car, and he helped tow it for me to that show. And that's when I first uh, met Chris Addington because he had the Rod Buster, but it was blue at the time, mm-hmm. with the graphics. Yeah, at the time, then it was called and, Crystal Blue Persuasion was the name of the car. Yeah, and he was there. Okay, so I was like, "Wow, he!" I remember I seen his car, man, in the magazine. So yeah, he's kind of a big uh, I got deal. a chance, the first first chance to meet him. Yeah, so I was sitting in my car, got it all displayed and everything, and I just went up to him and and asked him, you know, you know, it's a pleasure meeting you, and and I seen your car, your Kia, in magazines, and now I see it in person. So I just asked him, you know, can you come come by and take a look at my car and see what you think? So he. He were walking to the car, and then he was thoroughly looking at my car, giving me ideas or ideas that he saw in mine. That oh, hey, that's pretty. That's pretty original. And he would give me hints on what judges look for and ideas. And so, um, from there on, I, I took upon myself to the ideas that he gave me and implemented some of them into the theme that I was trying to portray. This. Bad Raz, and that was my first car show, the very last Big Hands Raceway BW show. And how'd you do at that car show? Uh, I ended up taking first place in pre sixty seven, and I took second. And I took second place, best of show behind Chris Anderson. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good company to be in, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why it blew my mind. I was like, wow. And I, I know I had the article somewhere you know, stored in one of my boxes with the magazine on that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't I have no idea I was going to do that. I just went out there. I thought I was scared. I go, I'm not going to do, do well. I'm not going to even place. But I saw a lot of talent out there that I had to pe- compete against. And I'm like, uh, how am I going to win? I'm not done yet. But uh, it was a great pleasure going to that show and a great experience. Yeah. And, you know, so what's interesting to me is, uh, you know, I'm in the VWC at the time and, and and I'm getting the magazines and all this stuff. And and when you and I started talking on the phone, you know, I, I vividly remember this card because of A, the displays that you had at the VW shows, like the VW Classic and the Jamboree. I'm pretty much I'm pretty I mean, did you show up both the Jamboree and the VW Classic? Yes, I did. Uh, I had the pleasure. And I've I mean, I've seen those events in the magazine mm-hmm. and my goal, I wanna go to these shows. They look fun. They look big, and especially, you know, the, the prize that they gave. I'm like, yeah, I want to go. So I attend both of those. It was a great experience. And, you know, one of the things that I remember about the car, seeing the car at the Jamboree and stuff, was that I think I have a picture of you and the model next to the car, and I think you were selling posters or something at the time. And, I mean, you're one of the first guys that I remember, and – I know this is one of the first cars I remember seeing like, oh man, that car is dope, fully polished alloys, it's raspberry, like that car is dope. And then you were selling the posters of it. And uh, and I can't remember, you selling them, giving them away, I can't remember at the time. And I just thought like, you know, my from my perception being in the car show 
you know, just walking through as a spectator at the time, my perception is that, man, that car must have already been featured and that car is super famous because he's got a professional poster and all that stuff. The poster and all that stuff you did before you were featured in the magazine? Or after? Um, it was after. I think at the time, um, I was, if I was doing anything, it, it might have been my T-shirts, tank tops and sweatshirts that I was selling. Um, I didn't do the poster or was it? Yeah, I think it was after. Um, was it one, the one where it was indoor with with Tanya Pull on it, yeah. a blonde? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, yeah, then I had that during that process. And um, now, what made fact, you decide like I'm going? I'm going to do a poster in my car. Um, one of the these guys, photographers, came up to me, mm-hmm. and he goes, "I like to shoot your car," and. Um, when he said, you know, when he shot my car, I go, can I use a model of my choice? Or do you guys do that? Or do you guys pick it? He goes, no, if you want to do a model, you, you can, you know, choose or just get in contact with us. And then, you know, when we set the date and time, you know, just make sure she's there. Right. And so, um, at the time, I guess, um, Tanya Poole, knew who him the photographer was ron kimball mm-hmm. and i don't know if he's still around but his studio was in mountain view california yeah ron kimball's and still she, around yeah and he's the one that did the photo shoot and when tanya um gave me the address and his number so i called him up and we uh he made i made an appointment and i drove down there and to find out, okay, what do, what do I need to do and what, what we can do to schedule an appointment? And so when at the time when we were trying to uh, develop a, um, a time, and um, he goes, well, how do you want to shoot it? I go, well, you know, um, I just want the model in it. And he goes, do you want a background? How, do you want a theme? I go, um, oh, yeah, that would be nice. And this was new to me, so I was kind of like giggling. I'm like, this is new to me. So he brought out a book showing all these backdrops. So what kind of thing do you want? You know, you want sun, you want sky, you want dark, whatever. And I was stumbling through it, and I just so happened to come up and saw a night scene with lightning in the background. And I go, hey, that's pretty nice. So I made that decision. You know, he told me how much it was going to cost. We set up a, uh, a time and date, and that's how I got started. Um, Tanya Poole helped me out with that poster and that photographer. Now, when you go to do that, I mean, that's a pretty – it's an interesting concept to do to get your car photographed, you know, have it photographed, and then when you go to the shows, make pictures. But I think you probably didn't have any shortage of people that were lining up to buy those you know, posters, especially to get, you know, that's just a cool thing, especially back, I think, late 80s, early 90s, posters were still like, buy a poster, put it on your wall in your garage, you know, anything, I think, to to support the scene. Um, do you, so every show that you showed it at, after the poster's done, you were selling posters and shirts and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I was, I, I, I got into, uh, I, I find, you know, as I was doing it, Tanya says, you know, you should sell these. I go, didn't you sell them, you know, at the car shows? And this was new to me again. And he goes, yeah, you can actually set up a booth. And I can be there. 
I can autograph, we can take Polaroids, you can sell your T-shirts, and we can make some money. And I go, okay, that sounds cool. I can make some money at the car show. <laughs> so this was towards, like, I think part of when I established my car mm-hmm. and people knew about it and I was winning shows. So I thought, you know, since my car is exposed, I think I think people would buy posters and especially if uh, the, the the models there, you can take a picture with her and she can autograph it. Right. Yeah, no problem. And then at the same time, selling my t-shirt and, and tank tops and sweatshirts. So I had a booth set up um, with the canopy, bought the table. I had to prepare everything for this and nice chairs so we can sit on. And then I had my bug parked right next to it. So if anybody that wanted to take a picture with the model or the model with my car or the car, everything would be there. So that's how I got started. And, you know, Tanya kind of suggested this idea and so we would, I would give her a schedule of car shows, and we just so happened to be at the BW Classic, and that one was in um, Irvine, I believe. Yeah. And we had a booth set up, and it was crazy. My booth was just filled with people coming up, meeting my car, meeting the um, uh, the model, seeing my what I had you know, to to sell my T-shirts and so forth. And I, I just like, okay, well, this, this way I can make a little bit of money using my car. Sure, sure. <laughs> but, sure. Uh, yeah. So that's how I got started uh, with that. And going back to when Ron Kimball um, shot my car, he, he wanted one specific photo. So he goes, Stan, can you take your license plate off? I go, okay, I'll, I'll take it off. And so when uh he took some pictures and then back then i was i just started getting into a, a vw club and one of the my the club members he goes hey stan i you know your your bug is in a published hardback volkswagen book i go no i thought he was kidding and he goes come here and uh he went, i went to his car and he brought out the book and he showed me and it's published in a Volkswagen Cars People Love. That's the name of the, the um, Volkswagen nice. book. And it was by Max Wagner, I believe. And it's actually in there. And there's a picture in Chapter 1. It says the Beetle and my car. Everything's there except for the license plate. The whole background with the lightning, the, you know, the clouds and stuff like that, and the car. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> My car's in a published book. And I go, hey, where did you buy that book? He goes, "What's uh, it's where we live. Um, it's down Lighthouse Avenue in Monterey, California. Mm-hmm. There's a bookstore there. I go, hey, I want to go over there. Hey, no, you know, you can have this one. I go, are you sure? He goes, yeah, Stan, uh, I'll give this to you, you know, because you're a good friend and, you know, I won't need it. And I go, hey, right? thanks. Yeah. So I kept that and it's still in great condition. And I use that when I have, like, family members or relatives that come down and show them, you know, stuff that my car has achieved. And that one, I had no idea. It just, I, I, I just blew my mind. And he never told me about it. Like, hey, Stan, your car is going to be in a book or anything. I go, I didn't know that. Right. Nice I just, su- I, I, yeah. Yeah, nice surprise to add to the list of accomplishments for the car. So yeah. 
Now you're you get on the show circuit, and your goal now is like you just you're just trying to go take first at every show in full custom, and just try to see if you can hold your own against everybody that's out there. So you start making the rounds, the classic, um, you know, you, the classic, the jamboree. Uh, did you hit the bugaramas? All that's all those shows in all the area at the time. Yeah, I actually I hit both of them. You know, because you know how they always had two a year, the Labor Day and Memorial Weekend. Sure. So I hit both of those. And I won best to show on both of those and, and got a couple of best of, you know, like uh, best interior mm-hmm. and then best engine. And then the other big one was the bug bass in Pleasanton. That's the one show that, you know, other than comparable to the VW Jamboree or classic down south, that was there in Bugarama. So, um, yeah, like you just repeating what you said, my goal was just to see if I can win every Volkswagen show that was around. And now, who was your main competition show-wise back then? Um, actually, it was Patrick Frill and the Green M&M. Yeah. And he was, uh, he lived in, I think, Mountain View, California. It's just about an hour and 45 minutes up north from me. And that was my, my toughest competition. Now, you, now and, you uh, him, did you know him on a personal level? Uh, I got to after... I started seeing him at the shows here and there. And, you know, and then we got to a, a, a relationship to where we were pretty cool with each other. And we know we were the big dogs back then because the generation before, um, they were kind of faded out. And then that's when him and I were coming in. And that was basically my most rival. And there was probably a few other ones, but his was the other one because he started winning uh, when uh, big shows when I wasn't there. Now he and would so we show, had a couple of shows. He was showing full custom as well. I mean, obviously his was chopped. Yeah, he had a, a, a green theme, of course. You know, it, says it, it was the green M&M. So a lot of his, his carpet and his display was green. And so that's what, you know, he went with. And then my theme was, I didn't really have a theme, but I just had the carpet and everything matched. Um, the whole display, the rope and everything uh, was just coordinated to the look of my car. I didn't really have a theme. Mm-hmm. And then what was like putting that car up, the display, all that stuff wheels off. How much time did it take you to get, get set up at the show? Oh, to, to get it ready for a show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, well, I got most of it done the night before, you know, anything I had to polish. Um, I didn't have to really wax the car. Um, I saved that for the car show, uh, the day of, but I would anything that was underneath, anything that was had to be polished, I polished, wiped down the chrome. But you know, you get there about six o'clock in the morning, and I would say about a good little over an hour to get everything prepped up, and and then the, the, the display took another fifteen minutes after that just to get everything set up. But uh, what was worse was the indoor shows. When I started showing it indoors, that took even longer because the lights, the mirrors, but the lights that took up the longest trying to get everything so you don't see all the wires, the cords and stuff like that. Right. But uh, in the general area, about an hour at the outdoor shows. Yeah, and you had, I mean, you had like quite the setup over there. I mean, when you're, when, you know, with your display set up, I mean, the mirrors, all that stuff, it's kind of a, it's kind of an ordeal with all the polish work and all, you know, I mean, you got, 
all your suspension and undercarriage is all detailed. So that car, you would roll that thing in. I mean, I think you had a uh, you had a dually that had some Raspberry graphics and stuff on. I mean, you had like the like when you come rolling in the show, you came rolling in pretty strong. Yeah, um, I had a '79 dually, four door dually, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted uh, to go uh, a theme, but I didn't have graphics on my bug. So I, I went a little bit more extreme on my truck, and um, I, I bought a trailer, painted the trailer myself. Um, my dad helped me do the ramps because as low as my car was, I had to get the ramps a little bit longer, so he helped weld extensions to the ramp. Uh, he made the front cover for me. Um, but as far as the dually, I had that thing drop 12 inches all the way around to the ground, went from stock. Um, my friend put a rag top on it, and it was a pretty decent looker, and the whole theme was pretty decent, and uh, my friend uh, kept on teasing me, hey, it's Team Raz, <laughs> and I was like, that's funny, you know, I started laughing on that, so yeah, I had a theme going, and you know, when I rolled in, I had a kind of like uh, a, a look where the, the, the towing vehicle and the trailer looked pretty decent to fit the, the whole theme. Yeah, it had a pretty sweet setup. I mean, I remember seeing that setup and thought, you know, I mean, I'm 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 a younger kid at the time. I think like, man, that dude's got it all. That dude got the dually. He got the he got the whole rig set up there. So, um, you know, it was pretty cool. And that was kind of the thing back then. Like once you had your show car dialed, then you made your tow rig to look just as nice. You know. Yes, exactly. And then you know your competition. You show that car for how long? Uh, 89 through 90, hold 91. And that was just the VW shows. And I did hit some local hot rod shows. Um, because the, the year of my car would made it to where I can also attend, uh, hot rod shows because it's pre 67. So I started taking to some of the local, um, hot rod shows and one particular the one here in Salinas, California, where they have it in downtown old town. And it was put on by a local car show. And so, you know what, what the hell I'm going to show it there. And then I even showed my dually there because, you know, it's, it's in that, that realm. So I had them parked together and I didn't go full display with my, my bug. I just put a couple of pictures down there. Um, uh, trophies just to show you know what i've done and the end of the result after the car show i won first place best to show when i beat all those hot rods <laughs> now in the 90 and, and it, it, go ahead that that was i would say 91 and, and uh taking to a hot rod show that's a pretty big pretty big deal to get a get a first yeah, place I, at a hot rod show yeah I, show. I thought well i, I just my 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 thing is i just wanted to exploit my car sure. not just in the volkswagen scene and the hot rod scene so i did really well there and as the um they announced my car they wanted all the winners and then the best of show car right in the middle in a circle at the, in old town salinas mm-hmm. so i drove my car there and all the other cars that won their classes were there and walk walking around those other cars at one a lot of the guys came up to me shook my hand and hey congratulations on the win you know you know you deserve the win and you know that that was like i was on a high and i 
I thanked them. I appreciated their, their, you know, their comments on my car and what I'd done to it. And when I talked to the vice president of the club and the president, they told me the story. They're walking down old town, looking at all the cars. And then the vice president goes to the president. Hey, what do you think of that pink Volkswagen? He goes, did you see it? He goes, yeah, I looked at it. That, that thing is pretty clean. That, that guy did it pretty well. Right. And um, after that conversation, they made a decision. What do, you, what do you think is the best show winner? And they say that Volkswagen. And I appreciated they told me that story. I was, like, shocked. And I felt so good right after that. So to answer your question, it was from 89 to 91. Because in 92, I went through a whole transformation and I did um, some major work getting ready for the uh, the ISCA hot rod uh, car show circuit. So now when you start switching gears to go IASCA, like hot rod circuit, what is your, like, what are the things you're having to change now? Okay, uh, good question. Great question. Um, I talked to the judges at uh, some of the hot rod events. Okay, so what do you look for in hot rod and uh, he, uh, one of the judges was looking. So so far, right now, your theme is pretty well. You know, I like the way you balance, especially in your engine, the chrome to paint ratio, the polish. Because a lot of guys usually go all paint, some go all chrome, and he just keep up with that theme. But they look for workmanship. How much have you done to the car? Because um, he noticed underneath, he goes, it's black underneath. I go, and he asked me, what's that? I go, that's just undercoating. He goes, well, they look for more detail underneath. Mm-hmm. And so he and he told me some other things that they look for. So I said, okay, if they're looking for that, come December, I started taking uh, the fenders off. And a friend of mine uh, did all the body work. I had to uh, sandblast all that undercoating off uh, from the... Body, uh, the 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 body and and underneath the the fender wheels. Yeah, a lot of people all that stuff. A lot of people didn't realize that that car had a bunch of like the under fenders and the backs of the fenders were all undercoated. Even when you had it on full display at the VW shows, the pan yeah. and the suspension was all detailed, but the body itself was all undercoated. Yeah, underneath. Yeah, the floor pan was all painted. Right. You know, it was all prepped up. Yeah, after being sandblasted, and so I have videos. Of, uh, I actually documented and videotaped that, but it's on VHS, you know, back then, and sure, that's sure. all they had. So I've been meaning to convert that to digital, but um, I have it all documented. But that was one of my goals. So um, I have it documented by friends uh, doing all the, the body work. And then, you know, I had to put Bondo, started sanding it, and we all did that in my garage. And you should see the garage at the time. We had everything taped, so no overspur, nothing gets all over and dust and stuff. And he did all the body work, so that was my main thing. I did some more things differently here and there um, to the car, but that was a major thing that I did as a facelift to get ready for ISCA, in which um, that totally uh, enhanced my car. And then uh, another friend of mine uh, at his shop, we took the whole engine apart, and I had the heads and the barrels, um, piston barrels, all polished. <laughs> and and then I painted the case. 
oh, wow. raspberry. Yeah, wow. so he painted the cake for me, and I had all that uh, stuff polished by my polisher here in Salinas, California, and did that. So the whole paint, body work underneath, and the whole transformation of the engine uh, underneath was 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 detailed because I didn't have all that tin to where you know when you drive it you want everything cool. Right. I didn't have the tin off because that would cover all that work, you know, the uh, the chrome push rod um, tubes and all that stuff and all that detail. So that was my transformation in '92. And then, how long do you show it in that circuit for? I went the whole year, and if you remember. Uh, Oakland Roadshow Show in Oakland, California yeah. was the first show to start the whole season. And I, w- I took it to Reno. Um, I went to, well, Monterey here in California has the Monterey Carcapades. I don't know if you remember that event. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a show up north. I'm trying to remember that one. I forgot that one. And then there was a show in Reno. So I towed my car up into Reno. And what was nice about that, after you drive to a car show within a certain amount of miles, they pay for your, they reimburse you with gas mileage. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, this is nice. At least I get reimbursed for gas. And then one show, it was the R.J. Canning show in Fresno, Uh where that show was only invitation only. R.J. Canning show in Fresno. And I got invited to that show. So I showed it there. And I, I did pretty well in my class. So that, uh, that was 92. And then 93, I hit up every local car show within a 100-mile radius mm-hmm. of where I live. And one of the other shows was um, Cherry's Jubilee in Monterey and Laguna Seca, yeah. the racetrack. And I showed it there. And one thing about that show, because on Friday, they have... The event on Old Town Salinas, Monterey, I mean Old Town Monterey, uh, Monterey Road in, in Monterey, California, where they park all the cars down Old Town. And we're all parked there, and it's blocked off for only show cars, and then people walk there through the whole day and evening. And then in the evening, they allow us to cruise the strip. So, wow, so I got a chance to cruise the strip. Nice. And so, then so Saturday, you drove the car eventually, like like a little bit here and there. You would drive the car. Yeah, I was slowly starting to drive it. It wasn't a treasure queen at that point. After that, um, ninety two when I did IC, that was all treasure queen. And now going to ninety three, showing it Cherry Jubilee. Then I started slowly driving it to these hot rod events. And um, that Friday was on cruise night, and then all day there. And then Saturday and Sunday is where we had our cars parked in Laguna Seca, uh, Seca Raceway inside the track area. And then they would have the fun run to where they would break it down in the sections and you physically got to drive your car on Laguna Seca track. Okay. I said, hey, that's a cool, like, cool, cool idea, man. Sure. So I thought, yeah, I got in line and then started driving around. And it, it was funny, the first one I went to, there, we were escorted by uh, police cops on bikes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you get to do two laps. Okay, so we started at, at, the, at the start, and we're driving our cars, and we're going about, you know, 25, 30 miles an hour around the track. 
And I tell you, that corkscrew is scary. I don't see how those guys, especially on bikes, ride that. I mean, it's so dangerous, man. It's scary. And I was coming to the start, back to the start. And then a, the, one of the bike cops pulled up next to me. And I go, oh, shit, I did something wrong. I hope I didn't do anything wrong. And he came up to me and he started revving it. Okay, and I was like, okay, I didn't think nothing of it. So I was driving forward. And then he pulled up again and he kind of revved it. And I was like, what? He goes, let me see. Can you get on it? Let me see what you got in there. Yeah. So I punched. I, I, went, I left the car that had me pull out way ahead of me. And then I just punched it and got on it. And then I slowed down. And then he followed me. He goes, hey, you got some balls in that car. I go, yeah, a little bit. He goes, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> nice. But that was, that was, that was nice uh, attending hot rod shows, you know, every local one that I was doing. And I did really well in, in, in my year event. And uh, again, I just started exposing it. And then I started doing low rider and import shows and did really well at those shows, yeah. getting my car exposed because the type of car mine is. So I can hit any type of car shows because of the year and type of my car was. Sure. Classic and qualifies I, I, as an import, a classic, all that stuff. Yeah. And so one of the big shows was the LA Super Show mm-hmm. and the San Francisco Super Show. And, you know, I, I guess I was kind of getting known to where I was showing the, you know, some of the smaller lowrider events and I went to those big shows. And I guess you get kind of privileges once you get big. Yeah. Because when they saw me, they saw me, they go, hey, Stan, we got a spot for you. Can you pull up? And all these guys are like, what the hell is he driving up? And we're still in line. Right. <laughs> So yeah, so I did really well at those those events, you know, yeah, the lowriders, a little bit of the VIP treatment. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 fortunate to where, it, you know, when I had my family and friends with me, they get to go in too. Sure. <laughs> now what? Then, so, yeah. Now how long do you end up showing it, and, and what's the final show that you take the car to before you kind of retire it? I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what was your position with the car when you have figured you'd reached everything you wanted to do or, or what, when did you stop taking it out to shows? It was, uh, 96. Yeah. And, um, I, 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 like I said, I was finishing up. I stopped doing all the Volkswagen shows because I won there. Right. And if I go there again, I, I you know, I, I want to give the other guys a chance, but I don't think they would give me a first place again. So that's when I diverted to, to the other shows, but I started just hitting a lot of local city, hot rod shows. And then, um, my last Volkswagen show, I think it was, uh, another, the, I think it was the one in up North down in Sonoma, California. When I, um, one best show there and RK Smith was there. And so I won first best. I won first place in my class and best show. And then he took picture of the model that won. And he started taking pictures. And then after he did that little photo shoot, we started talking. And because um, he remembered at one of the other shows, my goal was to get in posters and then magazines and then even calendars. Mm-hmm. So he goes, well, I, I got a friend that does calendars. So um, what I'll do is I'll give him uh, your name and number and then he'll contact you. And it was uh, his name was uh, Jeff Walters. And he did the VW Bikini Team calendars. Right. I don't. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. 
and uh, he gave me a call, and we set up an appointment. And I, again, I asked him, I go, do you furnish your own models, or can I get my own? And um, he goes, no, you can furnish your, your, your own, and then just just give her the time and date so we, we can schedule uh, uh, an appointment to do the photo shoot. And so at the time, Tylene Buck was winning all the car shows, VW shows. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, when, once I met her, um, I asked her if she wanted to do a calendar. She goes, yeah, sure. You know, when and where? So uh, she wasn't very too far far from uh, Sacramento, California, where Jeff Walters lived. And we drove up there, towed it, and then I met, we met, and then we followed Jeff to the site where he wanted to take the photo shoot. And then we started taking pictures for the calendar. And, you know, I was videotaping the whole thing at the time, and me so excited. I was like, wow, I got in that calendar too. And so after the photo shoot was done, he had to do some more shoots with Tidying because uh, he wanted to do some uh, other, because you know a lot of those other calendars that he makes is of all the nostalgia Coke machines right, and stuff like that. So he furthered more of a, a photo shoot with Tylene. So I ended up leaving. And as I was leaving, Jeff will, he goes, I'll probably call you within the next week or so to let you know, you know, the results and, and stuff like that. So I go, okay, cool. And as I'm driving home, the next day or two, I was thinking, man, I wonder if I can get on the cover. I don't know if I'll get on the cover or not, or what month I'm going to be in. So um, sometime later that week, I get a phone call. Jeff calls me up. He goes, hey, Stan, how's you doing? I go, I'm doing fine. And he goes, hey, guess what? I got some good news. I go, what? You made the cover. And I go, you're serious? You're serious? He goes, yeah, you made the cover. I go, ah, oh, cool, man, cool. And I was like, yeah. So I, I called up Tyleen and let her know that we made the cover, and she was excited. And then as the time back in 91, 90, I was selling the posters with Tanya, I asked Tyleen, hey, would you, be, would you mind meeting me at some of the car shows and we could sell our calendars? Because, yeah, sure, just let me know what car show, what day and time, and I'll, I'll meet you. And it was one of the shows up in Sonoma uh, that, that we hit. And I, I call up Jeff, and I go, can I place an order for extra calendars? He goes, yeah, how many do you want? And so he gave me the first, I think, 50 mm-hmm. at a discount, and then I had to pay full price after that. And then started there. I just started selling them to um, local friends, but I gave it all to my relatives. I gave one to my mom and dad, and I autographed it and signed it. And um, I met Tylene later on that year at one of the couple of shows, and um, and we started selling uh, the calendars. And at the time, I had the old posters with Tanya and then my T-shirt and tank top. So I had a booth set up, and she was going signing, doing Polaroids and stuff like that. And that's when I stopped showing it back in 96, and I actually started driving to car shows just to drive to car shows with a friend of mine and his group just to attend car shows instead of training it, driving it. Yeah, and you were and driving that's when that I ass to it. Nice. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't want to go. I went to these shows to have fun. I didn't want to enter the car show. 
but they say if you want to park in the general area, you have to enter the car show. I go, okay, whatever. Uh, I paid the fee and everything. I just wanted to be in the show. I didn't want to be in the parking lot parked in there, so I was entering the show. But I just went there to have fun. Right. And people till that day would say, yeah, you didn't drive it here, Stan. You you trailers. I go, no. Talk to these guys I I, I came with. We, we, I met them at 6 o'clock in the morning, and from there, we just drove all the way to Modesto, which is that um, one car show. I forgot the name of it. In Modesto. And oh, like that's the a pretty Fling place. and Madeira? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Madeira. Spring Fling mm-hmm. and Madeira, yeah. I went to that one. I uh, hit up another show that was nearby there that was later on in the month of uh, that year. And, uh, yeah, I just started driving and then, again, hitting some more of the local uh, hot rod shows, like the one that we have here. We have the, uh, the Salinas Air Show. Uh, I entered it there, put on by some of the local hot rod guys. But then I started actually driving it physically just for fun. That's when I stopped showing it. And what and, and when you stop showing it, like, um, you know, you take it out occasionally for car shows, you just get busy with life? Or what goes on where you just, like, you kind of kind of lean back on the scene a little bit and kind of the car gets just put away for a while or what? Yeah, that's when I started driving it. Like, if I had errands, you know, I always drive, drove it in the summer. It, mm-hmm. it, it never hit the pavement when it was raining. Kept the store in the garage, uh, took it occasionally out, stopped doing the shows, and I went with my everyday life. And um, from there, um, I was doing some other things, but I pretty much got out of the car scene after that. And it, it sat from, two, from 97, 98, it, it sat until about 2006, when I up and come like, okay, that's been, it's been almost about 10 years. Right. People haven't seen my car. So I go, you know what? I'm going to break it out. And I didn't really do anything to it, uh, at, at the time. And then I went to, uh, the Kelly park show and, uh, I was parked next to this gentleman and I loved the way this car was set. It was a 56 rag top right hand drive. Yeah. It was like a teal color. And he had big, fat slicks in the back. And the front end was narrowed. I mean, it got tires and rims tucked under. And I go, how do you achieve that? He goes, I narrowed my beam. <laughs> I go, what, what, what is narrowed beam? See, I was out of the mix. Well, see, what's funny is I've been trying to track down, like, when the VW, when the VW beams got narrowed. Because they had been narrowed before that for quite some time. But they were using most for drag race applications. But that was like a huge game changer. And, you know, I was remembering that I was trying to figure out when all that happened because that really changed the game in respect to what, you know, what you could run for wheel and tire combo. Because that was the reason why everybody ran such tiny wheels in the front is because of, you know, you you had to run a stock beam, which gave you no turning clearance. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I don't know till this day when they started it. But when I came out, you know, 2006-ish, I was like, wow, that's not, that's nice. So I asked him, hey, did you do that yourself? He goes, yeah, I did this whole car myself. I go, hey, how, you know, by, if I may ask, what would you do to charge uh, to have that done? He goes, well, you know, I, I don't do it for people. But after talking to him, I, I finally convinced him to do that. And... At the end of the conversation, he goes, hey, Stan, I got this idea where I can raise and lower the car. Yeah. I go, 
how. He goes, uh, I have this uh, idea with a hydraulic actuator. I go, okay, that sounds pretty cool. And so could you incorporate that in my car? And he goes, well, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And so he gave me an estimate, and I said, yeah, let's go for it. So I met him um, halfway because he lived in Stockton, California. And from there, he towed my car back uh, the rest of the way instead of me driving it all the way. And um, from there, I, I forgot how long he took, but uh, he came uh, into one complication. He says the original actuator that he was supposed to use wasn't strong enough to turn the beam and raise the car up. Right. So he had to. So he had to use a larger one. I go. Is that going to affect the car? He goes. Well, I have to do a little more more cutting, and and achieve this result. I go. Okay, sure. And um, he would, you know, um, I would call him every so often to see how the process was going. Um, I drove down there one time just to take a look at it, and he was almost getting done to it to a point. And so that was my next transformation. I was I had four inch narrow beam with a hydro, hydraulic actuator with a switch inside the car where I can raise and lower the car. Now who who and set, so and who's the guy that set that up for you? Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. I I can't recall it right off the bat. It, it's been years. Bob something. Um, I forgot his last name, but uh, he's the one that did it. He's from Stockton. I, I don't know if he's still around or not. Um, I would have to scrounge somewhere and hopefully find his number somewhere, but he's the one that did the work. So as I was exploiting my car 2006, 2007, uh, I had that new. But in 2006, I met this other guy, and his name is uh, Luis Solorzano. Mm-hmm. He's a, another photographer, and he knew about my car. And he goes, he, you know, he goes, yeah, I, I, I take photos. And I asked him, hey, do you do posters? He goes, yeah, I can do those. And so he, um, um, we started talking, and he goes, would you like to do another poster? I go, yeah. So I go, um, can I get my own model? And he goes, yeah, you can bring any model. So uh, at the time, I didn't know any of the girls at the VW circuit or any car shows in general that were winning bikini contests so i just started uh calling up um, models that i knew like for example Susie hitchinson mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember her she's the one that won the bikini contest at vw jamboree and i won best to show and she goes i can refer you to some people and i i called tanya pool and then i started making phone calls, even my number to these girls that they were suggested and they, they sent me pictures and I finally came up with, uh, this one girl and it was supposed to be a double shoot to where there was two girls with it. Right. But one of the, one of the girls backed out. So one was Caucasian and the other one was Asian descent. Mm-hmm. And so, the one of the girls, line, line, uh, I'm trying to remember her name. She didn't show up. So the photographer says, you know, we need to start photo shooting. So Tiffany was there. So that's where you see uh, my second poster that was done in 2006 um, with with the new look. I had I lowered the car sand, right, and then he took that took that three quarter view, 
and um, that was the newest thing that I'd done to the car, but everything else was basically the same. And then that's where I came in to um, the car shows. Um, I just, like I said, I didn't hit any VW shows because I was there already. I just hit all the local shows and just, just driving it and then did that poster. And uh, we never fell through on going to the shows and selling posters because um, uh, it never panned out. But uh, I just sell them on my own. Now, on- from 2006 to 2007, all the way up until 2012. Yeah. That's when it was high and dry. And now you still. And I, and I stopped driving it. You still have some of the original posters? I, I still have the original posters and, and, the I, I, and I still have. And, and the second posters too. All right, I'm going to get one of each of those from you. But uh, and and at the end of the at the end of this, we'll give your email address so that people, if they want to order some from you, that they can and do that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, yeah. It, uh, but if you remember when I emailed you those photos, yeah, I said send me your address and I'll ship you two both yeah. of those. Yeah, no, for um, sure. Uh, uh, you know, on me. Yeah. So and, don't forget so, to do that. Now I have a question about the hydraulic front suspension that you have on there. Is that still in and operating on the car? Yes, it is. So it's a self-contained hydraulic setup, like a trailer lift almost in the front? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's actually called a hydraulic actuator. And, and it's so, uh, electronic. It's and, not air or nothing. It's electronic. And so that rotates the front the front torsion housing to raise the, the, the lower torsion the car? Arm, yeah. Inside, yeah. The inside where it has the torsion arms and, and the, the the actual, um, the, what do you call it, the leaves inside there? Uh-huh. The mechanism that turns both of them simultaneously, and then you can see the car raise up and down. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's but that's, that I guess that's that's old school because everything right now I I see is everything's all airbagged, and uh, that's something that you know I, it's nice, but uh, I don't want to invest in that. I'm just trying to change the look of the car here and there, which people will see once once I break it out. Hopefully, yes. So this year, that's the next question. What's the current status of the car right now? Um, I, the car's on its wheels. I finally did the stuff to the transmission and the rear end. Uh, I'm still waiting for the engine. It's, that's being worked on. Um, uh, I put a brand new steering wheel, which is a billet steering wheel. I took the old Formula France off on that. Um, I did, um, my seats used to be real low. Well, I got some brackets. I set it up to where now it's stock height. Now you can see and over then, the. Now you can see over the dash. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of the. It's funny. Some of the girlfriends that I had, not girlfriend friend, but girlfriends that I knew, would drive with me, and some of them were really short. And as we're driving, they would they would say, "Stan, I can't look out the window," <laughs> and I would laugh. <laughs> so yeah. So now I got it stock height, and. um uh, the front end, I'm just checking to see everything's clean. I replaced the, the dual master cylinder. I put a brand new one in there. Um, everything else is pretty much clean in there, but I'm just touching up anything that looks like it's been faded. So I'm repainting a lot of stuff. Um, I, I, as I re- put the brand new dual master cylinder, I replaced the bra- uh, the brake lines in there. Um, uh, I had uh, I had the old school, you know, uh, fuel pump in there. I'm diverting over to electronic fuel pump. So I installed that and then getting all the electrical done on that. And just, uh, I got some other stuff that I have done, but 
it's uh, basically once I get the engine, it's ready to slap in. Yeah, I was and hoping to, I was hoping I to have that. you come down to the Vegas event, but uh, you know, I look forward to seeing you at any events upcoming in the future. Um, yeah, and- there's a, on Facebook this one guy that puts on that show in Pomona. Mm-hmm. He 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 asked me, I'd love to see your car there, and I just replied back, I'd love to attend that show. And and as he told me the date, it's not until next year, January. Uh, I guess the last weekend of January. Right. That that's. That sounds promising that I'll be, I should be able to make that. And if my car is done, I definitely want to attend that show. No, that'd be. But unfortunately, your show is the end of this month, correct? Yeah, it's the twenty fourth. Yeah. So yeah, but my no car's not deal. done. It's yeah. more important that you're at the Grand National Roaster Show. That's, I mean, my <laughs> my mine is more a driving fun event. Um, that's yeah. really the the great part about that Grand National Roaster Show that's coming up. It's really going to be something to commemorate. You know, the the hobby, the VW scene in the custom car world, because. You know, that's the the Grand National Roaster Show, and usually that Building 9 is reserved for, like, the, the car that's uh, the marquee vehicle that they're doing for that year, which the VW's Volkswagens are finally getting the recognition. And it's from guys like you going to hot rod shows and things like that, and Chris Addington and George Delfino, Steve Connect, you know, a lot of the guys out of Bakersfield, and, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the custom VW guys that have just been doing it for a long time, so... Uh, it's about time yeah. that uh, they they finally get their due. Um, one of my questions exactly. on the car, so, you know, one of the things I, I, I kind of geek out about is back in the day, so it had an Alpine in it, which was, uh, you know, what you needed to have in your 80s uh, custom was Alpine. You had some Hyphonics amps, uh, some red line subs. You still got you still got the bumps in there? Yeah. Uh, actually, um, when I had the interior done, I had them, set up the box for two 12-inch woofers. Mm-hmm. So that allowed really an uncomfortable back seat. Yeah. You know, you couldn't actually lean back and be more comfortable. Right. So, so I took uh, I took that box out. I had another box made, and I only had one 12, and I still uh, uh, used one of the amplifiers, but I, I took out the Hyphonics, and I have uh, the, the Clarion amps in there, and, and in fact, one of them is in the front where the tire sits. As I, my father made me a bracket so I can mount that there, and I have a capacitor. But uh, the system has changed, and uh, I have a, a old school tape deck. I'm trying to remember the name of it, um, but it plays this tape. But I have a CD changer on there, nice. and also I have a seven-inch TV that I just put on top of the. You know the on the uh, fuel tank. Yeah, I saw it, I saw it in your on display. The glove compartment area, and mm-hmm. that's a seven inch. And then I have one hanging from the hood, which is a fifteen inch screen. Because I have my, I installed and I did the whole back interior setup where I have my PlayStation Two at the time. That was a big deal in video games, and I have it installed in there. So, like my little nephews can play video games inside there. Um, so that was another thing that I've done. And if I may, I, I have to go back to the part where the color, if I may, mm-hmm. um, and my, my sister, you know, slapped me for this, but she was, you better mention me, but that she had something to do with the color also. Oh, picking the color. She, she, yeah. She, she wanted to get a notch back and she wanted to paint it uh, a raspberry color. And, 
you know, I didn't mean it like I was going to steal it. I didn't think she was going to, you know, she never did it. She never got a notch back and never painted it. Right. But that was kind of an idea also flowing into how I chose my color because when she showed me it in, in, in a, um, I, I forgot what, what she showed me that was a color. I don't know if it was her nail polish or her lipstick or something. Um, but she showed me a color. I go, hey, that's a nice color. And then that's when I happened to see it in a magazine. But I just wanted to kind of go back on that. Yeah. But as far as the, the stereo stuff, I uh, I updated. It's not in the trunk area anymore. The trunk area is pretty much clean. Made my own console set up in the trunk area. Uh-huh. And it's clean. You still see the wiring. And I made a cover. And you can't see the back of my dash. But you can see where the terminal strips are uh, on the bottom portion of the trunk area where the, all the wiring that my dad did. So I, I kind of changed that. But um, Now, in, yeah. in your car's been, I mean, for you, it's not the car that you built in the 80s, right? I mean, for you, you're still evolving in that car. Like, you're with the front suspension, changing the stereo equipment, like doing a bunch of that stuff. You're constantly doing a little bit of something to that car, even if you're taking breaks. Now, again, I mean, it's not the same car from the magazine feature in 1990, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, yeah, you can change, it's a major, there's major changes done since then. Yeah, and, and one of the now, things. Yeah, well, now that I'm coming, I came up with some money financing, now I'm, now I have the time to actually work on it and get it running. And at the same time, I go, you know what, I'm going to change the look of it a little bit. So people like you that remember my car will say, hey, wow, that's different. But then for the people that don't know my car at all, they're going to say, wow, this car where this car come from but uh yeah so i'm just doing some new things here and there to it now um one of the things that surprised me when we started talking about you know and we connected on the phone a week or so ago and started talking about doing the podcast and i said man i can't remember what issue your car was in the magazine because i mean i remember the car from seeing at the shows but i never i can't remember the cover it was on and then we've i figured out it wasn't a cover car and that it was in hot v you know it, your car was in the it was in the february 1990 issue of hot vw's but it was not yeah. uh it, it was not a cover car which i'm surprised because that car should have been a cover car do you think yeah it, it not being on the cover uh, kind of how did how did you take that like did that bother you that it was on the cover yeah it it, it, it bothered me a little bit i mean i was hoping it'll be on the cover I mean, and, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, one thing when you see the cover and it's like, oh man, that's a pretty dope car too. You know, I mean, you got, you know, you got to pick one or the other, but I mean, they got this type one street rod business and I'm thinking maybe it's because it's the nineties. They're trying to do something new. I mean, I, I, I don't get it, but uh, that was interesting because that's one of the reasons I, that I really wasn't in my head connecting which issue your car was in. Yeah. And then I have a theory on maybe why, um, but I don't know if it was a, a political thing at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't know if I'm, you know, able to divulge it. But would you like to hear my theory? Sure. <laughs> yeah, my theory is is R.K. was supposed to do the original uh, shoot, R.K. Smith, and it was towards the beginning of that uh, ninety. And you know how I finished eighty nine. And I took my car off in December, and I wanted to get some stuff done by chroming 
and a lot of it had to do with my my brakes, my rear brakes. So right. that, along with a few other things, and it was at the Chrome Shop, and um, RK calls me up that month, early part of the year, and says, "Hey, Stan, I'm going to be uh, in your area because I got some photo shoots I have to do. Can we shoot your car?" I go, "Sure." Okay, so then when it came closer to where he was actually going to come down that weekend, he goes, hey, Stan, I'm going to be there in a week. You know, you're going to be ready for the photo shoot. I go, oh, I hope I can because right now I have some of my parts being chromed and hopefully I'll get it back by then. So the day comes and he calls me up that morning and it was about 8 o'clock in the morning and he calls me up, you, you ready to do the photo shoot? I go, well, I, I called up the, the chrome shop, and they're still not done. He goes, well, I got a, another shoot that I have to do later on in the day. And I go, ah, okay, Arcade, then let's just postpone it for another time because my car is not going to be together. And then I had this model, which was, uh, her name was Lori, and she was a friend with Shannon Ray at the time, and she was going to be my model with the car. And so... That passed, and then later on that summer, uh, I asked RK, can we do the photo shoot? Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah, okay, well, we'll do the photo shoot, okay, but uh, I'm not going to be there. Uh, my other editor is going to be there, Michael Summer. And so we did the whole photo shoot. I picked out the place, and there's no model because Lori at the time, following that the year before, she got pregnant. So she was having a baby, so... Um, that fell through, so there's no model with it. And we did the photo shoot. And so we completed it, and then when the issue came out, you know, Michael telling me he was going to come out this month and stuff, so at the time I had my subscription already. And so when it came, I looked at the cover, and I wasn't on there. And I was like, okay, where am I? So I'm looking at the table of contents and looking what page I'm on. There's no inside and cover picture. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not on there. So I so I did my history. I was looking through every Hot VW's prior to mine. And I looked every car cover shot that was featured, that was on the cover, was all featured by R.K. Smith. And I looked at Michael Summers, and all of his was never on the cover. So, you know, that was my theory on that, you know, because I, at the time, R.K. Smith was the lead editor for taking pictures um, of the magazine. So just that's just my theory. But yeah. uh, again, just to, to answer your question, I was just a little disappointed. But I was, I was happy that I got in a magazine. That was one of my goals that I wanted to set after building this car. I wanted, that was one of my goals, and I achieved it. That's all that mattered to me. I got in the magazine. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know... It's, it's a big deal when you get your car in the magazine and then to be able to, you know, have it featured in there and then have, you know, so much, so much fun with it for so long, being able to take it from show to show and, uh, and get it out there. I mean, I'm, I'm excited that you still have the car. I'm looking forward to seeing it next time I'm up in the Northern California area. I'm going to hit you up and come over to the house and take a look at the car. But, uh, realistically, uh, I don't know if I'm headed up there again this year, but I mean, I was just up there a couple weeks ago when I met your, uh, your brother's uh or your no your the, friend's my, little uh, brother. my friend's young, younger brother yeah yeah so i'm looking forward to uh coming out there and uh 
take a look at that car. But realistically, I will probably be at the uh, the Grand National Roaster Show, and I'll get to see you there. And um, yeah, that's what my goal is: is to get the car. It should be mostly done by then, yeah. and it, it'll definitely be running and on the road by, like, I would say, a couple months from now. Yeah. But the other things I want to do to it, um, I'm hoping it'll be done by. Uh, that show because I my intentions uh, to go to that show and then next year I definitely want to attend your show. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, but man, if you're ever in this area, if you're ever in this area, give me a holler and you can come and take a look at what I'm doing if you come this year. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, get let's get that car back on the road and get it out there to, to see it because I know a lot of people, you know, from our generation are really really excited to see that car again. So I'm looking forward to seeing it in person. I mean, shoot, it's been 30 years for me since I've seen that car, man. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, it's funny because since I'm doing all my upgrades to the car, I've talked to a couple people, and they, you know, they they forward me to, because they asked me, do I have a Facebook or you Instagram or how you associate with social media? I go, well, I just have a Facebook. I really don't do much to it. It goes, well, you should hit up our 80 and 90s um, uh, and then friends that. So that's when I got introduced to Bob. Yeah. And he, that, so I periodically um, scrounge through there, look through there, and then people are tagging my car, and I'm seeing some of the old cars, but when they tag my car and they're commenting on my car, so I'll just comment back, hey, I thank you for all your comments. I appreciate it. And in fact, I am going to be breaking it out soon. So just to let you know, but thank you for the comments. And going through all that, people are commenting on my car, looking at it and people tagging it. And I go, where are you guys getting these pictures from? And some of my remember, there's a few that they got me puzzled where they take this picture. And, uh, now that I'm, I'm associated, I, I got a Instagram and it's uh bad 55 is my Instagram. Oh, nice. And people are starting to now, cause my friend suggested it. So I just did it the other day. I go, what the hell? I'm going to go ahead and do it. Now I didn't intend on doing it, but People are already liking my photos and stuff that I'm doing in your car. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that, that that's dope stuff, man. I'll definitely connect you with. Uh, I'll definitely uh, put your link out there. And if people want to call, like, reach out to you and get some posters. You have any of your? Do you have any of those old school shirts and tank tops and stuff left? Uh, the posters I have, uh-huh. the t-shirts and tank tops and sweatshirts. I will. It'll be coming soon because the the guy that did the original work to to that is no longer in business. So I have a friend that is referring me to one of his friends and I got to make an appointment to see if he can do, uh, the quality work, uh, that, that needs to be done to get my, my t-shirts and tank tops and sweatshirts out. And those will be coming soon. So, but anybody interested in the poster, they can just get in touch with me well, any have, way they you can. Have, you have an email address that uh, be best for them to reach out to you via email address. Yeah, other than my Instagram or Facebook, my email is badraz1 at att.net. Okay. That's my email. For sure, man. I'm sure I'm sure plenty of people reach out to you for those posters, you know, to get some of those posters from you because it's definitely something that uh, is worthy of hanging on the wall in the garage, you know? So Yeah, I mean, I figure, I mean, people that knew bought my posters back then and if they're still around, and they're still VW enthusiasts, like, wow, I haven't seen that car in a while. I'll get my, my posters probably all torn up, or I got rid of it. 
you probably want to buy it, and especially all the new people. But yeah, yeah, it's still there. And again, all my apparel will be out soon, and I will be informing people when they do come out. Yeah, that's rad, man. Well, I look forward to it, man. Stan, I appreciate you spending some time with us and coming on the podcast and and letting us know what happened with uh, with Bad Raz. And I'm glad that you still have it, and I'm 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 stoked to see it in the near future. Yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting you, all the guys, and then get back into the W community. Not for sure, man. I'm 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 excited too. So, thanks for coming on, and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you at the Grand National Roaster Show. Yeah, great. That'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I, I thank you for uh, having me on your podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, buddy. Wonder no more. Now you get to hear what happened, the story of Bad Raz. I hope you guys appreciate it as much as I did. I look forward to seeing that car back out on the road and get to see it up close and personal after 30-some years that I haven't seen that car. A lot of 80 stuff hitting the streets again. I'm excited to be part of the team that's getting those cars on the road with my uh, rag chop and uh, also Tori bringing out the uh, Future Shock. Lots of cool stuff that's going to be there to see at the Grand National Roadster Show. But you know where else there'll be cool stuff to see? At the one crazy weekend here in Las Vegas. So don't forget, jump online, letstalkdubs.com and register for the car show and the poker run. Do both. Why not? You only live once, right? We'll see you guys September 24th and 25th. If you want to su- support the podcast, pick up some merch at letstalkdubs.com and select the store. Until next week, guys. Later. Wagon, a nice station wagon to have around the house.